Brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you this day from God our Creator, from Jesus our Savior, and, for the, and from the Spirit who has come to us and lives in us. The transformation was absolutely astounding. Just days earlier, Jesus' followers were paralyzed by fear. Their mission was unraveling, their purpose was uncertain. They were afraid that their leader was leaving them, and then after Jesus was arrested and crucified, and even after raised, they were afraid for their lives. The gospel reading you just heard returns us again to the room where Jesus' disciples are eating and drinking the night before his execution. He has just told his disciples that he was going away, that he would be leaving them. Philip is worried. anxious, afraid of what is now a suddenly uncertain future. Their lives were in Jesus' hands in a way, and now he is going away. What would become of them? Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. I've heard many versions of that prayer, prayed several versions of that prayer myself. Lord, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what to do. I'm worried. I'm afraid of what will become of me. I'm afraid what's going to happen next. I'm afraid for those I love. Lord, if you could just show up somehow, if you could just give me a sign, make yourself, make me aware of your presence, then I, then I will rest assured that everything will be okay. Jesus responds to Philip, Philip, do you still not know who I am? And the next day, when Jesus is shackled by soldiers and nailed to a cross, the fears only grew worse. Peter, remember, couldn't even muster enough courage to tell a slave girl that he was associated with Jesus. And all of the disciples ran and hid behind locked doors. Today's lesson, which you heard several of our partners read, happens 50 days after those events, 50 days after Passover. The Jewish festival of Pentecost, it's not really originally a Christian festival, it's a Jewish festival. Pentecost means 50 days. It was the Jewish festival to celebrate God's giving the law to God's people on Mount Sinai. On this Pentecost, after Jesus' resurrection, God pours out the God, God's Holy Spirit on this timid little band of disciples. And the world has never been the same. The Spirit gives them the ability to speak in many languages and open the ears of complete strangers to hear them speak. The good news of Jesus was boldly proclaimed and on that day thousands were changed. Thousands of lives were changed and Christianity then began to spread out from Jerusalem into the surrounding area and eventually to the ends of the earth as Jesus promised. These fearful, afraid disciples were no longer held captive by their fears after the coming of the Spirit, thanks to God's Spirit poured out on them and in them. There's a lot of fear in the air these days in the times we live in. Some of it is stoked by political candidates who recognize that fear-mongering works. 
You fan the fears of those who feel powerless in some ways. You blame various groups of others for your problems and you present yourself as the remedy. It works. Oddly and sadly, there are some Christian leaders as well who participate in the fear-mongering by predicting God's wrath and the end of religious freedom. And then they even offer political change as the antidote to fear and the source of salvation. But of course, it's not just politics that makes us afraid. A doctor's diagnosis and the onset of illness can plunge us into uncertainty and fear. The loss of a job, the end of a relationship, the death of someone beloved makes us afraid of what's going to happen next. Accumulation of debt and insufficient funds for older years can haunt us. And many of us fear vulnerability more than, than anything else. We fear looking foolish. We fear failure. We fear we'll do something to cause others to become critical of us. We're afraid to make important decisions in case the option that we don't choose is really the best one. We are celebrating today with those of you who are graduating. Some of you are graduating uh, today, this afternoon. We're celebrating one of the major milestones in your life. We are excited for you. But we also know that you take this step, because many of us have been there. You take this step with a little bit of fear of the unknown, fear of what will happen next. And it's also true of you parents who have worked so hard to give your sons and daughters roots and wings. And now you are forced to loosen your loving grip on your children. We've all encountered the various and many faces of fear. Unchecked fears turn us into something other than the woman or the man, the boys or the girls that God created in God's image. Unchecked fear steals our humanity and hinders us from knowing who we are and whose we are because fear finally is a liar. St. Paul addressed this issue post-Pentecost with the spirit-enlivened little church in Rome. He tells them in chapter 8 of his letter to the Romans, if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and you know what? The spirit of God does dwell, is dwelling in you. If that is so, then God who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through this same Spirit. The same Spirit poured out in the first disciples at Pentecost. And then Paul goes on in 8.15, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We pray that prayer as children of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ. We are assured, in other words, of receiving the same inheritance that Christ himself has received. So our future is secure, and we can live accordingly. The German pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer preached in a Berlin church in 1933 
But the trouble with fear is that it drives us to decisions and actions that inevitably undo us. Bonhoeffer's context was, of course, different from ours. Germany was still reeling from the devastation, devastating defeat in World War I. It was suffering the terrible economic consequences that followed. Germany's people really felt imprisoned by external and internal threats. Bonhoeffer preached a now famous sermon he entitled Overcoming Fear. and In it he warned that fear hollows us out from the inside until our resistance and strength are spent and we eventually break down. Fear secretly gnaws and eats away at all the ties that bind a person to God and bind us to others. Fear turns us in on ourselves and our tribe and our people. When a time of need comes and a person reaches for those reaches for these ties to God and others they break they snap and the individual sinks further back into himself helpless despairing fear pollutes our thinking distorts our judgment and redirects our love to someone other than God and neighbor Just 15 days after Bonhoeffer preached his sermon in 1933, Germany elected a rising leader who was a master of exploiting fear for power. How different the world would have been if Germany would have listened to Pastor Bonhoeffer. Children of God, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have received a spirit of adoption. You are children of God. The same spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost on Jesus' first apprentices has been poured out on you. The spirit was given to you at your baptism, whether you remember it or not, whether you feel it or not today. The spirit was given you to point you to Christ. The spirit was sent you to remind you that you belong to him and that you are joint heirs with him. Now, the sending of the Spirit doesn't cancel our fears. I don't mean to say that if you actually have received the Spirit of God, that you should never be afraid, that your fears are always unjustified. You ought not to be afraid of anything. I am saying that as people touched by the Spirit, we have good reason to trust that our fears do not have final power over us. We have been filled with a greater power. Fear, just like death itself, will not have the last word in our lives. When we cry, Abba, Father, when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, it is the Holy Spirit who is giving us words, who is bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit did an amazing thing on that first day of Pentecost, transforming the lives of those first fearful disciples by giving them speech to cross the bridge, to cross the boundary between God and them and the stranger in them. The Holy Spirit keeps on coming to combat our fears by giving us ears to hear and words to speak, words of peace, words of assurance, words of promise, words of love, words that turn stranger into neighbor, words that the world is desperate to hear from someone. Now these words can sound like drunken nonsense. It did on that first Pentecost to some. People people may shame us for speaking them. It sounds like nonsense to those locked in assumptions that God is about enforcing rules. 
or that our salvation finally comes from elected officials. We rejoice today that the Holy Spirit has come to keep on, and keeps on coming to turn frightened followers into courageous sons and daughters, joint heirs with Christ. And the Spirit keeps on coming and keeps on coming to give us words to cry out to God in our fears and for turning strangers into neighbors. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's stand as we sing this bold hymn. Pay attention to this hymn is a prayer for boldness. All the verbs, all the words that we are praying that God will do with us as we sing. Hymn number 400. 